Welcome to Scientific Healing with Dr. Anastasia Chopoulos. Scientific Healing, a fusion of modern science and ancient healing arts, empowers you to take charge of your life to get healthy no matter what your doctor says. Discover how you can manage your own energy to improve your health, vitality, and prosperity from Anastasia and her guests. Are you ready to live your best and most energized life ever? Here's your host, Dr. Anastasia Chopoulos. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Scientific Healing Radio, and I'm your host, Dr. Anastasia Chopoulos. I know the power of vibrational healing by combining physics with ancient healing arts using my own system that has produced what many would call medical miracles for hundreds of people. Discover how you can protect your energy when working with others as a healer or coach at scientifichealer.com. I'm so excited today to welcome Dr. Holly Lucille onto the show. She has a fabulous story and background starting in a family with two pharmacists and their commitment to conventional medicine. As so many of us in the natural healing arts, we question why people were kept out of the equation and we took our studies elsewhere. First, Dr. Holly entered into that world through holist- of holistic medicine through studying holistic nursing. This led her to become a naturopathic doctor, which happened about 15 years ago. Now, I left a little gap, and I'm going to let her explain that story. Since then, she has set the world on fire, helping thousands of people and spreading the message of healing and health in various platforms. On major networks on TV, including CBS, ABC, and NBC, and on the Dr. Oz show, in major magazines like Time, and on her own radio show. She has a deep commitment to bringing natural health and healing to as many people as possible. She even spearheaded a lobbying effort to have naturopathic doctors in California be licensed, and she succeeded with that effort in 2004. She's been awarded many times for her efforts to spread her so-needed message. Years ago, I read Dr. Holly's books on hormone balance and was impressed by her passion and knowledge to help people. Recently, a mutual friend of ours was raving about her to me and me to her. And I said, well, I'd love to chat. And we did. The connection with Holly was immediate, and we see eye to eye on so many issues. So today, it's my extreme pleasure to bring to you Dr. Holly Lucille to talk about bridging the gap between knowing and doing. Welcome to the show, Holly. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I am too. I can't wait to have this conversation. So I always like to demonstrate to the listeners that our path to natural medicine has hardly ever gotten to via a straight line. For example, I started in physics, and now I'm doing natural medicine from a physics point of view. So you started in holistic nursing and ended up a doctor. Could you elaborate a little more on that particular journey? Yeah, you know, when I finished my bachelor's degree nursing um, program, I kind of felt like I was going a little bit insane because it was it was similar. It was very familiar to me. Uh, the reaction that I had to my program uh, it was kind of like the reaction I had to my family. I'm like, there must be more because, you know, my parents being pharmacists, they were very much committed to the reductionistic here, take this. And that's what my early years of healthcare were all about here, take this. And I was like, well, wait, uh, is there something else? I just asked all these questions and I always wanted to know 
why and what will it do to me? Is there a better way? Is there anything that I can eat? I mean, I was just born this way, I felt. And for nursing, lovely profession, amazing education, but I still was left sort of scratching my head um, thinking there must be more. I mean, I understand... uh, doctor's orders and it just it felt very reductionistic to me and it didn't sit well with me until I found the American Holistic Nursing Association and I uh, went to do a little post-grad work with the American Holistic Nursing Association and I felt for the very first time I think in my entire adult life where I came home you know in a sense because I, I felt during this program that I was finally validated that it's not the education you have, it's how you can apply it to the world and to people that you're working with and the more universal terms and the more individualized approach and that holistic really view, it just, it resonated with me and through actually the journal of um, American Holistic Nursing, I found out about naturopathic medicine and I was just that was my next natural step that was like I I want to study more I am so already engrossed in the principles and then having the biomedical sciences continue on and being able to diagnose and treat and practice medicine was really uh, appealing to me and that's how I sort of found my way yeah exactly I know exactly what you mean yeah (laughs) because we can bounce around and people think oh okay so I'm 64 now and I started doing this full-time when I was 60 and everybody says oh that's about the time to retire and I'm saying no I'm just getting warmed up exactly oh my gosh (laughs) warmed up and and sometimes for the next thing you know it's like I talk to people all the time like I think we can live so many lifetimes this lifetime and it's very exciting and that's why you know it's funny people always say um oh you know new year new you and I'm always like no our old our old selves are, are are exactly where it's at we need everything that we've gone through in order to do anything in our future and so I always um really like to honor that that experience and the bumps and the bruises and everything we've been through because it continues to shape us it does and so many I hear so many people say oh I shouldn't have done that or I made such a big mistake and I go well how was that and then it turns out right it turns out that that's exactly what they needed to be able to do the magnificent things they're doing now yeah yeah so I'm so excited to have you talk about a topic that is near and dear to my heart naturopathic medicine Mm. and I first discovered its magnificent power 22 years ago when I became very ill and conventional medicine had no solution all their tests showed me to be healthy (laughs) And I was dragging my sorry little buns around, not being able to get my head up until noon and then falling asleep at three with yeah. with my head on my desk and the drool everywhere. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, I hate, I mean, I unfortunately hear these stories daily, uh, it seems like, but it's just so painful when people have to go through that. Exactly. And they wanted to do surgery on me and give me medicine. And I was only 42 and I'm going, wait, no. So I I lived in Germany at that time where their natural or energy medicine is a lot more advanced. At least at that time, it was a decade or two ahead. And I came home to America after 13 years over there and found that it was just starting. And at that time, you could get compensated by insurance for care by a natural medicine doctor, amazingly enough. And that's just starting to happen here. So like, like I said, two decades. Yep. Pretty much. 
<laughs> yeah. So could you explain how naturopathic medicine is different from conventional medicine and what natural medicine na- tr- treats the best? Sure. You know, I always hear myself say that I think there's value in all systems of medicine, and I, and I truly believe that because there is a place, I think, for everything in conventional Western reductionistic medicine. I mean, I got in a horrible motorcycle accident, um, and I was happy for that system of medicine. I you know, blew out my shoulder walking a dog. I was very happy for my orthopedic surgeon to reduce me just to my shoulder and also for medications to be taken to help me heal and sleep afterwards. But I think in our modern day, you know, when I, when I, when I think about naturopathic medicine versus conventional medicine, there's a couple of slight differences. Um, instead of being reductionistic, our principles are more from a vitalistic perspective. So identify and treat the cause. So looking at a whole person, so not just their physical manifestations of things, you know, which usually gets people's attention, brings them in uh, certainly, you know, looking for somebody like myself but knowing that there's so much more than their physical body. They have a a whole history of being exposed to relationships and thought processes and our environment and dietary habits and all sorts of things. And so treating the whole person and then when when there's a chief complaint or they're complaining of things, um, we want to seek to identify and treat the cause because the biggest, I think the, the linchpin of naturopathic medicine is that the remembrance that the body has an innate ability to heal itself, just as in nature, you know. Um, and so we always want to ask, well, where are there obstacles to cure? What's in the way? And be able to get in there and facilitate uh, healing from the inside out by helping to remove obstacles, certainly identify those obstacles, and let the body just do its job. Um, there's a couple other principles that are near and dear to naturopathic medicine and how naturopathic doctors think. Um, I think doctor as teacher, doctor in Latin, dossier means to teach. So I think instead of just here, take this, it's an empowering conversation that, it, that we're able to have with our partners in crime, really our patients, right? I feel it's very much of a partnership because I want people to get me not, you know, to get, I want people you know, to, I want to get people not to need me, I should say. Um, I don't want to retain people over and over again. I want them to have the knowledge and the power uh, to learn from what they've been through, to learn um, what is going to make a difference, what they can continue to do, and have that be their new path. Exactly. Yeah. So true. It's just like when the doctor gives you a blood pressure medication for the rest of your life and you're going, what? No, this isn't right. Yeah. Like, how do I get it down? Yes, exactly. (laughs) And why is it up? You know, I think that when it, I, I, I use the example of the thyroid quite a bit because um, hypothyroidism is, is almost rampant in our modern day. And I always say, well, listen, I would, I would ask the question, why would a otherwise really quite healthy and normal individual, mostly women I'm seeing, um, why would their thyroid underfunction? And there's so many reasons. And I think to ask the question is the important way of getting to the cause and it's the important way of understanding what else is going on in the body. Because you see, what I see with conventional Western medicine when they're, we're dealing with, I think, our modern-day issues like um, fatigue and insomnia and hormone imbalances and, um, you know, stubborn weight gain and hair thinning and 
um, digestive issues. I mean, skin issues. I could go on and on and on and on. Yep, those so are here, the uh, those are the ones I get all the time too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the here take this approach is, you know, I feel like people become a whack a mole game, right? So like, okay, well, we're going to suppress the symptom with the here take this, whether a topical or you know a, a pill, and then sooner or later something else pops up, and like, oh, we're going to do another, and and there's no real um, resolve to understanding what the body is going through what that causes, how the body is so intricately um, connected to everything. Um, and so I kind of call naturopathic medicine comprehensive common sense medicine. I do have the ability to diagnose and treat. I'm a primary care doctor here in California. Uh, I've gone through the rigors of medicine. I think it's the power of nature and the essence of care. That's really um, what makes it a bit different. That's that's really, really incredible. So you already mentioned what some of the typical things people come to you for. So uh, what I'd like to find out is if they were to come to your office, what would they expect in a typical visit? You know, usually when you go to a conventional doctor, they'll come in, ask your symptoms, they'll have their little pad out for you, write you a script, and then send you on your way, you know, five minutes, $250, uh, you know, billed to your insurance, and then you're stuck with symptoms after symptoms, and then you come back and complain, and they go, well, yeah, but all your tests show you're healthy. So I'm sure your experience is way different. It is really so way <laughs> different. So first of all, when people call and they'll ask um, perhaps uh, some preliminary questions, you know, well, how do you treat? And I never give them an answer because I can't. You know, I don't have sort of a protocol-driven mentality regarding anything, whether it's, you know, uterine fibroids or every, because everybody's different and how, how people have developed in this issue is different and how they're going to heal is different. Even the way that they learn is different. Um, and so I kind of, as an, you know, I, I, I always say I can't work without you. You know, this is a true partnership because I truly can't work without somebody else in front of me. I mean, sure, I can write and yes, I can research and, you know, I've done all those great things, but when it comes to actually facilitating um, and helping somebody else, I can't work without them. It's, it, it's all dependent on what they bring me and I make that very, very clear. And I ask a tremendous amount of questions. Um, I, they start out with preliminary paperwork that's easy peasy uh, online and they ship it right back. So I'm prepared a little bit but really, the sweet spot is getting that person in front of me and having good clinical acumen, so listening. I think listening and caring and making the connections and not just... And, and also, Dr. Chopolis, I think emptying my cup, you know, I think that not going, oh, yeah, I've seen this a million times before. I got this, you know, I know what's going on. Let's get, let's, you know, next patient, please. No, it's that you create this space for somebody where they're able to, you know, feel heard and, and I hope hopefully feel safe enough to really get it all out there so we know what's on the table, so we know what's going on. And then with good clinical acumen, I talk about what I'm thinking, having my clinical suspicions. And you've mentioned, you know, a couple times, the test. People come in and they're like, look, my doctor says I'm fine. And the, the test, these reference range tests, they're all within normal limits. Well, I have to tell you something. I mean, we can't treat lab tests. We have to treat people. And reference range tests are great. They're, they're certainly part of the puzzle. But there's some other... Um, lovely functional medicine testing that we can do to confirm clinical suspicions. And we also take a look at these reference range tests in a different way, in a more critical way. It's not just rolling down the page and going, look, nothing's highlighted as low or normal or low or high. Everything's within normal limits. You're fine. You know, I have people, this is just an example, and it makes me crazy because I have lovely, you know, women coming in with vitamin D levels hovering at like, I don't know, 26, and the range is from 24 to, to 
to, you know, 102 or so. And it's like, well, my doctor says it's normal. And I'm like, well, that that's one click above rickets. It's not normal, and it's certainly not optimal. I mean, it might be within the normal limits of the range, but it's not optimal based on the research and based on the fact that there's vitamin D receptors everywhere in our body. And it's really important that we recover that to a 60 or an 80. And so it's looking at things a little bit more comprehensively, taking it all in, and that's what people are going to be able to expect. Yeah, one of the most common things that I find is that people are subclinical on thyroid tests and that you have to know exactly what to do and how to read them. And the typical doctor doesn't know what to do, even an endocrinologist. I had an endocrinologist that kept telling me I was normal, but I had I had like almost all the symptoms of thyroid deficiency. But yeah. he kept trying to make me into um, clinically depressed. <laughs> And I said, well, I'm happy. I'm just cold and I'm yellow and my throat is thick and I'm tired all the time and I can't lose weight. So, you know, you figure it out. Does that sound clinically depressed to you? I didn't know clinical depression turned you orange. <laughs> and, yet, and, and if you don't have the ability to ask that question back to your doctor, because a lot of times I know patients and people get into this hierarchy where the doctor, we know, well, my doctor said, you know, it's like, you know, my doctor said um, to do it. Well, my doctor said, like, your doctor, you know, it's one of the things that I um, am really passionate about. Uh, I never, I ask people, say, you know, your, do- I, I, you know, your doctor can actually say anything and give in and recommend anything, but at the end of the day, what you put in your body, it's really your responsibility. So I always like to people to, I know it's a shift, just a small shift, but I do like them to reframe how they're talking and saying, well, the doctor that I saw recommended this or said I have this I'm I am choosing to take it or I am choosing to actually explore a little bit further and maybe get a second opinion from another system of medicine right because I want people to be more empowered that way not so they stop being sort of a victim of this I think epidemic we have of just here take this quite honestly and, yeah. and, and if you look in the research, too, over 30, maybe even 40 years now, those thyroid function tests are so outdated, and, and we all know it. Um, and so you can't treat lab tests, you've got to treat people. Yep, so I always say, are you treating the lab slip or are you treating me? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? I know, I always needle them because I had a lot of pre-meds in my physics classes. So I know where they came from, and I'm teaching them their physics, which is their hardest topic. And so when they try to tell me, like when the doctor tries to tell me stuff, and even now when I talk about, you know, the the energy healing that I do, and they kind of give me this sort of shut down look. And then I say, well, you know, <laughs> if you would have taken physics in college, you would have had me as a professor. And then you would have done a lot better. <laughs> Oh, my gosh, I love it. I like to needle them a little bit, you know. So let's talk about a typical result of someone that has worked with you. Um, I'm really interested in the hypothyroid because I'm still working on that. I've improved it but haven't gotten rid of it, and I also have adrenal issues. So, yeah, so this is uh, something I run across really commonly. So maybe you can talk about how you solve that with with a case or or two. Sure. So um, one of the things I think that's important to note regarding thyroid is the number one cause of of an underfunctioning thyroid is an autoimmune disease called Hashimoto's. And so in my book, if we're going to heal well, overall, kind of in general with the thyroid, if we're going to heal the issues of the thyroid, we need to know where the issues are and with the you know a lot of times I say about 
medicine in general that it's not rocket science because I have plenty of people that come to my office and believe it or not, when they have what it takes to do the dietary lifestyle modifications, they get better, okay? Not rocket science, I would say, but with the endocrine system or hormone system, especially with the thyroid, I think the devil's in the details and you got to get in there because if you think about it, I look at the thyroid function as like sort of a relay race. Let's say starting with the hypothalamus pituitary, there are higher brain centers that are constantly getting a feedback, a message from our body like, hey, we need a little bit more thyroid, we need a little bit less. And um, because your thyroid at the end of the day, the thyroid hormone that it produces is your, you know, responsible for aerobic and anaerobic metabolism of every single cell in your body. And so there's that. And then the, those higher brain centers communicate to your thyroid gland and you're like, hey, we need a little bit more, we need a little less. So then there's the thyroid gland itself that's making those hormones. Um, and then that it's mostly a pro-hormone called T4, so not really a hormone. It has to be converted to the active hormone in peripheral uh, tissue. So that is another sort of leg of this relay race. And then there has to be that active hormone um, that's transported to every single cell in our body and to the, you know, attached to the receptor site. And along that sort of relay race, I would say there's so many places where we can drop the baton. Um, there can be a binding issue, uh, estrogen dominance. Um, can bind up uh, thyroid uh, thyroid replacement, too much thyroid replacement therapies, which I've seen all the time, can bind up um, this thyroid hormone. Um, conversion issues, uh, gosh, stress, excess stress, insomnia, two things that contribute to conversion issues. Low vitamin D, uh, low ferritin levels um, that make the receptor site a little less... Um, let's say, sticky for the thyroid. So you have to really think it through. So that's the most important part. And if it is an autoimmune issue, we have to understand, and I had a a conversation once with a very esteemed endocrinologist, and I was like, why don't you all um, test for thyroid antibodies if we all know that the, the number one cause of hypothyroidism is an autoimmune disease? And he said, and I completely respect this, it's because our treatment wouldn't be any different. And in, in, in conventional reductionistic medicine, their scope, if you have underfunctioning thyroid and your TSH is elevated, okay, um, then they're going to put you on Synthroid and they want it in with, within normal limits. And that is going to be the scope of treatment that is appropriate for their knowledge. Now, in my case, I want to be able to treat the autoimmune condition because I know that if it's not assessed and addressed, then that autoimmunity can continue to travel on. And we're also looking at issues of the gut then. Why? Because most of your immune system, that's exactly where it lies. And so we can get a TSH within normal limits. However, people's symptoms continue to be persistent, and so does the autoimmune issue attacking other glands like the ovaries. Uh, the, you know, we just want to stop the autoimmunity, and that's very, very important. And so I've read a lot about autoimmunity that it's usually got to do with um, an allergy of some sort, usually with grains. Is that one of your things that you do, put them on a grain-free diet? Mm -hmm. Well, if anybody, I would say the number one thing, if somebody comes up positive for their thyroid antibodies, 100% gluten-free diet for at least 60 days. Um, Mm. And I usually tack on that 60 days because I do want it to be for a lifetime, but people, um, I think, do better better sometimes when it's a little time-based. Yes, um, I get it. Get them started. <laughs> get them started out the door and not have them be so freaked out. And we definitely ease into it because sometimes the learning curve is huge there. But yes, those antigens, food sensitivities, a hundred percent. They need to be eliminated because that is an obstacle to cure, and that's going to also fuel on that that autoimmunity. 
I, I love the way you say ease in. So that's all we have time before the break. I want to remind all of our listeners that you're listening to Scientific Healing with Dr. Anastasia Chopolis. And today, my special guest is Dr. Holly Lucille. When we return after the break, we'll dive deeper into a process and show how it can work for you. Did you know that if the thought of a past relationship brings up negative emotions, you are still in a relationship with that person, often with unwanted consequences? This means you still have ties with that person, and those ties may be sapping your strength. Why not jettison your old relationship baggage so that you can move forward with ease and clarity? Hello, this is Dr. Anastasia Chopolis, the Scientific Healer. Seven years of research at prestigious institutions like Harvard, Yale, and Johns Hopkins have discovered that relationships are the number one influence on physical, emotional, and financial health. In clearing those old ties, including what some people call karma, you get to wipe the slate clean and start over again, whether you plan to stay in that relationship with a person or not. Many miracles have come out of such clearings. One client said that her Christmas with her family was the best she had since she was a child, while another said she'd received several thousand dollars in a divorce settlement that had been stuck in limbo for years, while others stopped being angry at their former partners and are able to find new loves quickly and easily. Recently, one client who had been stuck in her business as her client's stream dried up signed up six new clients in the four hours following her clearing. I have good news. I have a gift for you. By going to scientifichealer.com forward slash clear, you can discover how you can clear past relationships while I do a relationship clearing for you all for free. Everyone who chooses to receive it will receive this powerful healing while listening. Again, go to scientifichealer.com forward slash clear to get the details. Welcome back. You're listening to Scientific Healing with Dr. Anastasia Chopolis. You can discover more about scientific healing and the deceptively simple processes for opening up your intuition and inner guidance system. Go to scientifichealer.com to download your tips on how to protect your energy when working with others. Before the break, we were talking to Dr. Holly Lucille about bridging the gap between knowing and doing. I'm sure you're wondering whether this is something you could even do or consider. Let's continue this conversation. So we talked a lot about what you did before and how you work with clients, but what are some of the obstacles you've observed amongst the hundreds and hundreds of people you've helped? Well, I got to tell you, listen, we've been talking about the here, take this type of medicine. Um, and it's easy. It is easy medicine. There's not a lot to it. You get, you go here, take this, you go to the, maybe have to go to the pharmacy, you know, and maybe you have to pay a copay and you come home and every day you unscrew that, you know, bottle top and you take the medication and that you can sum up as your healthcare and it's easy. When you're looking at um, more naturopathic uh, philosophy and also modalities of, I mean, come on, diet is everything. You know, we eat for an outcome for the most part and lifestyle things. Um, and, and certainly in our modern day with the confounded, compounded stressors, there is, we have got to work to make continued contact with ourselves to actually understand what's going on, to 
get ourselves available to the real senses instead of just the instant dopamine fix of a like on Facebook or something like that, right? So it's not easy. You know, I, and a lot of times when people come to see me for these things, I believe that the contributing factors are multifactorial, meaning that's not just one thing that happened. There actually were many things that influenced uh, them presenting in, 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 in this way clinically, and but my approach then is exactly the same. It's multifactorial. It's not just, you know, evidence-based botanical medicines or clinical nutrition, but it is looking at their diet and dietary modifications and lifestyle interventions. And so I think sometimes, um, I, and I really honor this, uh, it's it's difficult for people to actually, um, I would say, adhere to a proposed program because you've got to put a stake in the ground and actually start doing some things differently. And I say adhere because I do believe that there's a difference between compliance uh, and adherence. Compliance, I believe, is more like, oh, Dr. Lucille told me to do this, right? Mm-hmm. Adherence is the faithful attachment to something. And I want somebody to go, I am doing this because I know that it's going to get me closer to my healthcare goals and desires because this is how it works. I want them to have the faithful attachment to something because that, in my experience, has been where people really start to thrive. Yes, that's exactly exactly the approach I take because I also give them very similar you know, I I say that health is a, is has eight main factors, and number one is not your diet and your exercise. Number one is actually your relationships with other people, and that's the stress that it causes if they don't work right. And when you get to that stress state, doesn't matter how you eat. If you're that stressed out, it's not uh, it's not going to work for you. So exactly exactly what you're saying is so totally true. And these are things that have been researched for the last 80 years at different universities like Johns Hopkins and Harvard and, you know, top medical schools in the country. So they um, have outlined eight of them and mental, spiritual, mental and emotional health come ahead of your diet and exercise. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? And I can see how that is because... I mean, you say relationships with others, and oh, I totally agree. But I also would include people's relationships with them, with them, them, with themselves, because in order to have a lifestyle or a dietary change, you really have to sort of needle in and get to know what works for you or what propels you to do things that you know you shouldn't be doing. (laughs) Well, it goes without saying, but a lot of people, I'm not one of them. A lot of people define themselves based on their relationships with others. I I happen to be like a, a one of the odd few oddball people that defines myself internally, but most people define themselves externally. How do they relate to others? And I one of the things that I do exactly the kind, same kind of thing that you do is I want people to be free of me, right? Yeah. Three months, six months, and then you're done, people. <laughs> So, so that's right. It's an, it's time to empower them and to move on. So, um, you know, the taking the pill thing is also not that easy for some people. They'll forget or they won't mm-hmm. finish out antibiotics, yep. right? And it is very true. And they think, oh well, I don't have a fever anymore. I can stop it now, and then it comes back raging because the leftover bacteria are the stronger ones, and then you're you're really stuck. So how how do you really help your clients and listeners bridge and readers 
bridge that gap? I know you've touched on it many times, like leading them into it gently and getting them to to um, really embrace it as their lifestyle thing. And I think a lot of that comes from their own self-esteem. Are they worth it? Oh. Right? I love it. Yes. <laughs> I love it. You know, it's so funny. I... I'm a big looker-upper of words, um, you know, when I'm writing. I just kind of like to look I like to look up the root word meaning. It help, just helps me because I think that we get really careless. And then all of a sudden, like, what does that mean? And so I, I did this with the word diet a long time ago. And um, it, was, it was one of the best moments of my entire life because guess what diet means? It means habitual nourishment. You know, how is a habit? Do you nourish yourself? And then it, it came to me in working with my patients um, because... You know, like I said, I really partner with people hard, and I am not going to make, I'm not going to set somebody up for failure. We work hard on getting a program that's going to work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to start asking. I'm, I'm wondering, and it, it happened, I, I mean, I know the patient. She's like, the very first time, it just kind of like dinged in my head. She does not feel worthy at all of being nourished, and from herself or anybody else. And it was a big obstacle, you know, and for me, that is still practicing darn good naturopathic medicine because I have to go to obstacles to cure. That right there will be an obstacle. And um, I love that you say that because it's exactly exactly what I, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, it's really important to feel that you're worth that effort. Like, you know, some people will just go to the refrigerator, open it, and stuff whatever's in their mouth, and they won't take the few minutes that it takes to fix proper nourishment for yourself, whether it's to make your juice or your vegetables or fix a couple of organic eggs some way, doesn't matter. It it doesn't really take that long once you're in the habit. And a lot of people feel, oh, I'm not worth it. It's useless. It doesn't help. I'm sick anyway. I even had a conversation this morning with my husband who was telling me about this relatively young man in his early 50s who died of leukemia and it started happening after he lost his leg in a motorcycle accident and that his wife made the wrong choice to take him to a hospital and it 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 got so bad they had to amputate and after that he just got sick and I said oh well he lost his will to live and so he let the illness take over and, you know, other people would say, oh, well, that's, you know, that's cancer. You can't control it. And I say, well, you can. <laughs> so Exactly. <laughs> of course you say that. <laughs> yeah, so, so, you know, I guess this is the biggest lesson you would want people to learn is that they're all worth it and that they're all these really incredible gifts. You know, every person is so unique and so incredible and, you know, if you listen to everyone's story, and I've listened to, I'm sure you have too, listen to hundreds of stories, and each of one of them is, like, unique and incredible. Yeah, you know, I know for me, I was I was kind of looking, and I know that we talk about sort of rebranding or people, it's a big word, and I, I guess I was just, I was looking for my next story to tell. Like, I wanted to, what is it that I really am starting to do with people? And I was... I was really searching about that, and I think that this whole bridging the gap thing, and or 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 you know what it is? I I don't even think it's bridging the gap. We're not there yet. I think it's identifying, you know, because I see people. What I started to see in my practice, what I started to certainly see in my family with my friends and my loved ones, where we've got all this information out there now more than ever about how to be well. We've got wearables. We've got uh, blog posts and 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 tweets and you know, white papers and webinars. I mean, there's so much information, but as a researcher, I continue to see that our chronic health issues are on the rise 
And mm-hmm. the projections for, you know, 2050 blow me away. I'm like, what is the disconnect? Like, what is happening there? That really got under my skin. And then I see folks around me just not being able to put it together to make even the slightest changes to get closer to their healthcare desires, whether it's decreasing their cholesterol numbers, whether it's exercising more, whether it's decreasing their stress, whether it's losing that weight. And I wanted to sort of get into that gap. And I want people, and what I decided to do was help them get into that gap, not close it, not narrow it right now, really just go, huh, I'm wondering why I, I do this every single year, or I wonder why I always say I'll start on Monday, or I wonder why... I have tried 70,000 diets and I continue to gain weight. I wonder why I say I'm going to do this and I don't. I want people, we, I just want to help people sort of scratch their heads a little bit more and really wake up and use their minds again and, and be gentle with themselves enough to see what's going on. And that, that has been proven to be very, very helpful in my practice. And I'm, I'm so happy about it because I was, I was losing faith there a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, the, the, just as you were saying is like, hmm, like thinking about it, but it's, it's also looking at it a little differently, like a lot of people don't realize that their very existence depends on eating healthy. And if, you know, everybody says, well, all these industries are putting out this crap food, which is true. They, you know, it's like a bazillion snack foods when you walk into the store and it's a bazillion uh, cold cereals that don't do you any good and all of that. Um, and the amount of healthy stuff is out there, but we vote with our wallets. Oh, yeah. So if you don't buy that, they're not going to make it. Exactly. Right. So um, if you buy healthy food, like now, it used to be it was really difficult to find organic food, but now every grocery store like Vons and Ralph's and Albertsons and whatever, you know, other Kroger's, they all have a fairly decent organic department and you can buy it at reasonable prices now. Right. So we vote with our wallets. So the more we vote towards whole food and healthy food and stop eating the junk and thinking that the junk is where it's at, it's not. (laughs) I know. And this is, you make such a great point there because for me as well, I understand where the barrage of things that we are under. I mean, the industry, the food industry, are you kidding? The food industry, the medical industry, like it's, it's a lot, but I think that's where personal empowerment can come in and, you choose, you know, it's your choice. And it's, it's, you know, heck, I, I make mistakes all the time. And um, I buy, I get seduced as well. You know, I'm human all the time. Uh, And sometimes I do just want to quick fix myself. You know, I get it. I am human. But I also know that it doesn't work. And I think that that gentle personal empowerment of being able to have an internal locus of control instead of being a victim or having an external locus of control is just so darn important. Yes, that's exactly the point, is that internal locus of control. In other words, you decide. And, you know, as opposed to that 60-day thing, everybody says, how do you know, how do you feel about not being able to have, like, baklava, which is, you know, one of my national foods, being Greek, (laughs) right? How do you feel about not being able to take a bite of it, you know, for the rest of your life? And I say, well, actually, I I don't think about that. I just decide today I'm not going to have it. Yeah, <laughs> it's way easier to think of only one day at a time because we can only live from moment to moment, one day at a time. And I also tell people to imagine that they've got cancer and that they have to eat this way to survive. Because my cancer, my cancer clients all survive. Right. 
right? And it's not that hard to heal. It's not that hard to to reverse once you understand the principles behind it. Like you said, the multiple causes and effect. Well, I think that's the, the thing that I think is most um, startling uh, about the modern day afflictions that we have, including you know adrenal dysregulation and over adaptation, I should say, and fatigue and uh, insomnia is there's no real lesion. You know, it's not like um, there's not a lesion. You know, you didn't get your arm amputated. Uh, you weren't in a car accident. You haven't been diagnosed with cancer. And so the lesion isn't there for to get people's attention. It's like, it's just, it's sort of like the word the walking wounded. We're just kind of, and that, and that I feel like makes a difference. You know, I, I, I think it's in, in it's, it's very peculiar that you, you it's that you ask people to imagine that they that's they're going to have to eat that way because we are a back up against the wall society i think until we have our backs up against the wall with something devastating like that we sort of try to get away with it <laughs> that's so true <laughs> yeah i'm one of those bodies that couldn't get away with anything i i don't know what but i had to eat healthy from the get go and I was one of the only people that everybody was eating pizza and Coca-Cola and I was eating a salad. <laughs> you know, I think that's also, it's just, um, it's so interesting. And I, and I also tell people, because I do have a couple people, I'm like, why, why, why did I, I, I see my people around me and you're like, ah, don't even worry your people around you. Don't worry about that. This is a, such an opportunity for you. You know, this is great. This is such an opportunity for you. Um, and so, I, I, and I really believe that. Yes, it's absolutely true. So you mentioned that you've encountered some surprises on this particular journey. What was your big surprise? I think my big surprise is still um, anybody who looks at me and goes, oh, yeah, you use like the wind and barks and berries to heal people. (laughs) (laughs) To think like that, some sort of, you know, the practice of naturopathic medicine um, is sort of woo-woo, and I actually think it's just a little bit more of a natural way to think about things. It's like you've got this incredible body that has adapted and is built for survival, and it's showing that it's kind of breaking down in its attempts to do that. We're just kind of looking at it from a more comprehensive viewpoint, um, and so that's always been surprising to me, but I think it also shows me how influential um, big pharma is quite honestly, uh, and and conventional you know medicine. And believe me, like I said, nothing against it. I think it's amazing. I mean, I, sometimes I watch the Discovery Health Channel and the advances of modern medicine. It's crazy. I'm amazed at what they can do. But I'm talking about um, you know identifying and treating the cause. What's so crazy about that, right? What's so crazy about wanting to partner with somebody in a much more intimate way where we learn uh, about data, their data, their story, because that's what I think really leads to outcomes. So that's definitely something that I continue to be very surprised about. Well, yeah, it's, it's also the, well, the, the one of the ways that conventional medicine, the AMA is that they dismiss us out of hand, you know, without actually looking at the real data. Like one of the things I say to people is chemotherapy helps 5% of the people. I help 95% of the people. So, and they're calling me the quack. (laughs) You know, the other thing is I like to get into, no, I don't like to get into, um, I actually don't like to get into, um, but I, I would just like it. Yeah. Yeah. What evidence-based thing. And I'm like, I have evidence 
every single day. It's called observational evidence. I, I observe these lovely people feel better and, you know, get better. And I'm like, that's, that's evidence for me. Right. And plus their lab tests show it. Their cholesterol levels go down. Their blood pressures go down. You know, uh, their lab tests, you know, men, men in their 70s and 80s, they're, you know, a lot of them suffer from hemochromatosis. Their heme levels go down to normal at that point. Their organs start looking good. Um, things go backwards. Tumors disappear. Um, you know, and that's all evidence. They have plenty of lab tests to show it. So there is a lot of evidence that hasn't really been looked at. But what I would like to see, and I'm sure you have the same idea, is what I would like to see is that modern medicine bridges that gap and injects the personal into it because they took it out. You know, they took it out because of the old midwives and the old um, herbal medicines and how unregulated it was. And they wanted it to be all based in science. But we're, our bodies and our human existence is not really based in science. It's based in love and emotion. Uh-huh. And by by removing it out of medicine, it has really has really gone off in one direction. But I agree. I think it needs to be integrated and not separate. Yeah, and I think that whole, I, yes, and the whole, I mean, I know this sounds kind of, I don't know, you know, trite, but it's like the whole people before profit, I mean, and the greed, there's enough for everybody, and, but the, but putting the people first, and not having such fear around, um, if another system of medicine is, is starting to, you know, get attention from the public, does that mean that anybody's in jeopardy? It's like, no, I think that we could just have a healthier world, you know, and the synergistic aspects of people being healthier is that we all continue to be healthier. And that means financially. I think that means from a, um, an environmental perspective, I think all of that. And so I, I like to see that cut out as well, as, or as you said, just infuse with the people. Yes, well, well, the U.S. industry has lost $576 billion in, in health care in one year because people are out from work. So we would be able to actually have more money if people were well. Exactly, exactly. We got to think about it that way. <laughs> exactly. So I, this has been an awesome, awesome conversation. So for people to connect with Dr. Holly Lucille, to be able to discover more about her amazing programs and to get a free gift for all of our listeners, go to scientifichealingradio.com forward slash Holly. And there you'll be able to see a link directly to her free gift and her website and also a replay of this show. So thank you so much for being on the show. This has been a total awesome conversation. I didn't want it to stop. Dr. Jovel, same here. I could talk to you for days and days and days and days and days, and I'm sure that I will. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Scientific Healing and for our wonderful guest, Dr. Holly Lucille. Again, you can connect with her at scientifichealingradio.com forward slash Holly, H-O-L-L-Y. Let's you and I connect. Go to scientifichealer.com and sign up for your free and brief powerful healing audio that one of my clients listens to several times a day to be able to run her multiple six-figure business with clarity and health. This is Dr. Anastasia Choplis. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Scientific Healing with Dr. Anastasia Choplis. Join us again next week for more expert guidance and practical tools to energize your life. 
Now take a deep breath and release it slowly before you go about your day.